wasn't it encouraging to uh, just to see our sister Kimara come up here yeah. and share her life? Sis, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we love you. Yeah. And uh, I'm grateful to be your brother. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Amen. Let me pray. Uh, Father in heaven, God, we thank you so much for today. God, I pray that you speak through me and Mike. God, move us aside. Allow your Holy Spirit to reign inside. Dad, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, if you can be turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. You know, for, uh, I'll say for maybe the, um, the last few months, uh, I started to really start focusing out on suffering. You know, suffering, for me, if, if, it, if it's not something that I can see right in front of me, I'm not fired up to suffer to get to that point. What I mean by this, when I was growing up playing basketball, I didn't see it as suffering. Playing 12 to 13 hours a day of just sports, of playing ball. In the rain, playing on gravel. You know, if you're playing on gravel in the rain, you fall and you're scraping up elbows, knees, uh, what have you. It was no problem for me. When I was young and I played with uh, older adults, I didn't have my tooth being pushed in and chipped and big eyes before I'm getting elbows and all that, but it was a part of the game. I loved it. I didn't care about suffering for that. But now when it comes to this new life that we live, and you know, you grow up so many years before you become a Christian that you've become accustomed to your ways. And then Jesus causes us to have a different perspective when it comes to following him. If you look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, the first beatitude that he shares in his first, his first sermon to the crowd, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So with that, I had to look up, okay, this word poor. What did it mean back then? You know, in the Greek, I may mess up saying the word, it's like tokos. Poor to the point that you have to beg. Destitution. Poverty so extreme that one lacks the means to provide for oneself. So when Jesus is speaking to this crowd, the first thing that he said is we need to have a heart to be poor in spirit. Do you really understand what it's like to be that poor? You know what? As a child, I used to think that we were kind of poor. And why I thought that way is because I can never... I couldn't always get what I wanted, but I always got what I needed. Y'all get that? In that beginning, it was always, I didn't always get what I wanted, so I thought we were kind of poor. And in Matthew, you can write this down, in Matthew 19, 23, actually, let's turn there. In Matthew 19, 23 and 24, it reads. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I assure you, 
It will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. You know, it, until recently, I never seen myself as being rich monetarily. And while I say that, I was looking up uh, countries that lived in extreme poverty, and it was many of them. But in the top 10, they live from $1,700 a year to below, to around $420 something to $30 a year. So I used to, and even now, I, I, when, when I look at people like, you know, Bill Gates, Magic Johnson, Oprah Winfrey, you know, we see them as filthy rich. And I can see them fitting this scripture right here. But to these men and women that live in these extreme countries, they look at us like I look at them. So that was a wake-up call for this relationship with God that he wants us to have a poor in spirit, because in this nature, nature, nation, we are rich. I don't know what it's like to not have, ever have a, a roof over my head. I've never been hungry. And what I mean is hungry, I always knew that I had a meal at home. Uh, I'll get in trouble because I felt like my mom wasn't quick enough at making a meal. <laughs> that kind of hungry. But I don't know what it's like to not eat for days. I don't know what it's like to make mud pies. I never had to wash my clothes in dirty water, the same water that they use the restroom in. I really don't know what it's like to be without. So when it comes to this desperate need to have this relationship with God, I'm not there. Because I don't really know what it's like to really suffer for a need. And it opened up my mind for me to see that in my relationship with God, I've been seeing myself as rich. And that comes to the, to the lack of intimate prayers with God. That I can go a day without really reading and studying out my Bible. And praying for my relationship with him because so many of my needs are being met. And that's totally, it's convicting. To see how I want so bad to, to please God. I want so bad to help my family to become disciples, my friends to become disciples, and people that I meet to become disciples. But I have to give them the truth and what that means. And let's look at some examples where 
This suffering becomes real. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 25, you can turn there. I hope the quietness is not because I'm discouraging you guys. Okay. Amen. In, in Luke 14, verse 25 through 33, it says, Now the great crowds were traveling with him, so he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross and follow after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate to see, calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he's laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to make fun of him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to war against another will not first sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still far off, he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace in the same way. Therefore, every one of you who does not say goodbye to all his possessions cannot be my disciples. I have to be poor in spirit to live this life of a disciple. Because Jesus calls us. basically deny our family when it comes to following him. That moms and pops can no longer be first. Our brothers and sisters can't come before him. And even our kids have to become second fiddle when it comes to Jesus. And then he say, even your own life. You know, to, to, to live out this command, it takes suffering. Because these people right here, your family, they, their word means so much to you. How they feel about you means so much. And then he talks about possessions. He talks about the king going to war, but in the end, he says, if you don't give up all you have, you cannot be my disciple. The things that Jesus are asking us to do, the commands he is saying, it goes against our nature. So here's another example why we need to be poor in spirit, why we need to just go to God and ask for complete help and strength to live this out. But the question I had to ask myself is, have you been living this out? Why haven't you been crying out and asking God to love your brothers and sisters in Christ the way Christ loved us? That's something I can't do naturally. I need God's help into loving the way he loved, not what I think is love. That's what it means to be poor in spirit, to see your need. For God. You know, one of the things that I've been doing just uh, is taking self-inventory. I've been really running from being rejected, uh, feelings being hurt, 
and not looked at as something positive. And what I mean by that is, for years, I've shared my faith with my family, especially when I became a Christian. Then after getting rejected so much and not being poor in spirit doing that, I kind of teetered away of still sharing about God and sharing about Jesus. Even when I seen some of my family in just terrible times, because of the pushback I got so much back in the day, that I, I, I failed in that area of being a Jesus-like strength for them. Not wanting to push them away, not wanting to, when they see me, they say, here he comes. And to my shame, I've seen a lot of my family just go through it. I pray for them from afar, but not just grab their hand and pray with them and talk with them. I can be there, but when it comes to bringing, bringing Jesus, I just didn't have the strength to do it for fear of rejection again, for fear of God, this person finally became a disciple. Mine didn't. For me, that's, that's a lot of heartache. When I, when I see my family not just being receptive. And then I lose heart and I lose strength. Why? Because I haven't been crying out and just giving everything I can to the Lord. Trusting him that one day they will. But not giving up. How is your walk today? How is it for you to put Jesus before your kids? Jesus before your spouse? Before who you are, before your own hopes and dreams? How is it in your trust that you give all this up for him? You know, those apostles, they gave up everything. And then as we read the scriptures, you see that God blessed their lives even more than what they can imagine. Peter fishing for fish, then he's fishing for souls. Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees. One of the most humble and sacrificial disciples you ever meet. See, at times we forget that to give up who we are it takes a denial that no one else can understand if they're not a disciple of Jesus. But when we trust and surrender, may he blesses our lives eternal. That's my girl. <laughs> See that encouragement from the Lord right there for me? Yes. But brothers and sisters, I really want to call us to a, a place to where that we would give up any and everything for Jesus. That what we give up and what we deny ourselves, that we're committed to go to God and ask for the strength to do these things. We need God's help in living out his will. You know, in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, as I start to wrap up, we're going to look at just uh, Jesus' example. Y'all still with me out there? Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. I'm going to start in verse, uh, chapter 2, start in verse uh, 5, sorry. Make it your own attitude, that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his eternal form, external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross. You know, with Jesus coming... Yes. Yes, I need it. <laughs> but Jesus denied himself, came here on earth, and took on flesh like us. The one who was there in creation that helped created us took form of what he created. Someone that was perfect, someone so righteous, I mean, just who we strive to be like. But to please God, he strived to be like us. So we can have a relationship with the Father. So him taking on that nature of flesh, Jesus needed to be poor in spirit. His whole life goal was just to do the will of his father. And when I read about Jesus and how he couldn't wait to be back with him, it was, it, that always gets me emotional. It, it moves me because all he wanted to do was please God, love us, and then get back to him. And for us to have that heart and, know, and that conviction, we got to fight every day against the richness, the riches in our heart. And get that poorness of spirit to see how much that we, we can't do this without him. We can't help save souls without him. We can't call each other and lift each other up and, 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 and push through when it hurts without having that poor like spirit. So back where we started in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. As I close, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Let's not get too caught up in this short window of time we have on this earth versus the eternity that we will spend with God. Amen. Amen. So as I close, I love you guys. That's what I'm going to be praying for with us. Pray for that with me. Thank you. Here goes Mike. Thank you. Thank you.